Welcome to the Vinyl Collective. Uh, we're back for another episode, your weekly journal of the hip-hop R&B landscape. I'm your host, John. And I'm your co-host, Sofa. Welcome. So, episode 15, you mentioned. You know, when I, I, I was thinking about when I was 15, right? I don't know why they talk about, you know, you don't really learn, like, economics and finances in school when they should teach that in the schools, right? Yeah. But one thing I learned very young is the whole concept of playground economics, right? And one thing you learn in the playground is <laughs> about assets and popularity is your main asset. <laughs> and if you, if you know anything about assets, John, you got to sell when it's high. There's no point having an asset when it's low. That's true. And with popularity, you know, you can feel the asset in many ways, you know. If you, if you come from the type of school that I was from, it's either you're really good at a sport, you're good looking, or, you know, you're roadman or you're roadman adjacent, which are any all these avenues that can help you. And with popularity, you can leverage that as any other asset, you know. Um, you can use that to, you know, make other people popular. Maybe have a nerd friend that you want to bring into the crew, things like that, you know. And much as, as you know, same way we treat people who have a lot of assets in the world, they kind of get away with things that you just wouldn't, even norm- you wouldn't normally get away with. So if mm. a popular kid, quote unquote, does something that is, you know, <laughs> might be considered nerdy, that person might get away with it, but if a nerdy kid did it, you know, he's going to get wrecked, isn't he? That's just... What were you at school? Me? Ugh, I mean, I don't know. I think I've been very much in between, wasn't I? Like, I don't yeah. know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah. say I was on the it's, bottom end of the, t- of the spectrum. It's funny, when you mentioned economics in the playground, the first thing I thought of was, I know on Twitter, like, British Twitter, there was that thing going around, like, what, what makes you, how do you know you went to a British school? And then there's the, like, the picture of someone's like sports bag full of like Kit Kat multi-packs and <laughs> yeah. that's what I think of when I'm like you know supply and demand my first lessons it, it, in economics exactly was kids selling in school exactly like pop- selling selling a Kit Kat yeah. for one pound but they bought four for a quid there you go or the- selling that what was it selling the trident chewing gum do you remember yeah. when you had all those flavors of trident yeah it was like what was it like watermelon and oh yeah. fucking fucking chemicals I'm upset I never got into that no. <laughs> I, I kids sell- are making money I sell cookies, donuts, of course you Coca-Cola. Did. I can see that. this. Yeah, I was I a, I was this. a proper, a proper lord, especially in my first secondary school. But yeah, like you know, going back again, even with that, if there's two people selling, right? If mm. one person's more popular than the other, literally just off the strength of them being more popular, they just might get more sales. That's you know, it's just a, it's a cold hard fact of life that you learn young, <laughs> right? And you kind of wish, oh, you know. If you're like me, you're like, oh, you know, this is stupid. When you get older, people won't just judge you just based off how popular you are. You know, it'll be off other things. But, you know, you grow up and you realise that game doesn't really change, John, does it? Like, it's it's the same game, just different assets. So, again, you know, some people are more popular than others. And for that reason, they may get away with things, you know. Um, if I, you know, compare it back to school again, if, you know, if you know, you know what's all really funny in school, all the big guys that were popular were just people just assumed they could fight, even though they were never battle tested. It's like, oh, you don't <laughs> want to mess with this guy. Like, it was just a given that like, you just don't want to do that. So, quite similar to that, John, in, in the real world, you know, fast forward to 2021, we're all grown up now, and I feel like it's still continuing on. Because, for example, if I want to get into, say, a rap beef, you know, 
nowadays if i'm Sweet. the more yeah. if i'm the more popular one then i could just suddenly just get away with it it's like oh you don't want to mess with me mate and you know i think that's the one we're getting yeah. into very very poignant yeah i was gonna yeah. say speaking of yeah playground behavior this is not this is this is very adult <laughs> stuff um Chip yeah. And Stormzy. yeah we talked about episode. it we yeah, talked but... about it earlier i think maybe in the autumn because yeah. that was when a few a few of chips tracks came out um and it's still crickets from yeah. um from mr mr stormzy no mr. response Michael. Michael. how do we feel i mean i've said it a few times i still think it's bullshit like you can't just like anyone who's saying that people try to do the same shit for drake as well it's like you can't just make up rules because you like someone i know mm. i think people still do it anyway that's how cancel culture works yeah. that's that's what happened a couple weeks ago at the u.s capital but in it for purists you can't just make up rules for people you like like you just go like, you know what this is actually kind of bullshit and i think how many distractors chips made now like three? it's gotta be like five three, it's got five, maybe, like four yeah something crazy yeah. like that right it's been a lot. and at this Especially point, official ones, there's definitely been like three. Yeah, and at this point, you can't even be like, oh, you're giving him publicity because he already has that. And at the end of the day, he's fucking chipmunk. Like, he's not he's not some up-and-coming rapper. He is an established legacy artist at this point. So you can't mm-hmm. even be like, oh, you know, give him popularity. If, if he said that with Wiley, I would kind of get that because obviously Wiley is way past his time. So a lot of people mm-hmm. who are listening to music now aren't listening to Wiley. Why he still went for Wadi twice in a day or something like that, or twice in a couple of days. Yeah. Like, he went for him back yeah. to back. Whereas Chipmunk is So that's still, the thing. If, yeah, people, um, if people have another explanation or possible, if people understand this differently, then either he's A, scared that he'll lose, or B, he's just like, I'm too big for this. Like, there, there is no other option. I think it's the former. Because the reason why it can't be the latter is because did he pull up to his house in like Lamborghinis with the mandem like, <laughs> like what yeah, the fuck is yeah. this? So obviously he's clearly bothered. So it can't be a thing where um yeah, I don't I don't think it's a thing where he does yeah, I just don't understand. I think it's just a thing where if it comes to music, yeah, I think Stormzy's um metal will be tested. And I said this before and I think we said it when we're talking about classic artists where I really I think a lot of the great people that a lot, a lot of classic artists not classic albums a lot of classic artists are not even included in some sort of rap beat because this is a competitive genre yeah. it's not it's not mm. sold is it it's not oh my god just gonna sing collab with everyone it's not that it's this competitive yeah. so and some of these do you think that so it's, it's yeah quite interesting. do you think this situation is a little comparable say say storm does engage Mm. I think people think about it in the same way they thought about the Drake Pusha T because Drake had taken on Meek Mill and people were like what like Meek Mill just like flopped Drake yeah. won the lover boy won and yeah. then Drake came up against Pusha T and people were like this is not the same game yeah. <laughs> Pusha, T, Pusha, yeah. Pusha T is not going to mess around like he will come for you yeah. and I think this is maybe what's happened I think that's exactly here, what's happened man is that um, Stormzy's come up against Chip and people like Chip may not be as big like commercially as you but he has he has like the rapping ability like the wordplay the technique the flows and he's built for this really like he did it he's yeah. done it against a few artists now like obviously Bugs and Madonna being probably the most um, notable yeah. of them so like yeah I think I think he doesn't want to come against someone who's battle tested like Wadi who when was the last time Wadi beefed someone on a song it's been a long time whereas mm-hmm. yeah as Chip is he's he's still kind of fresh like he's he only just turned 30 like he's not that mm-hmm. old like 
Stormzy's only a few years younger than him. So it's like, if you really think about it, it's like, he's still there. He can still take you out. And I think, given how big Stormzy is, if someone like Chipmunk just comes and just rips his head off, mm. maybe maybe he's worried that some of the fans might go that way or maybe just for... Uh, the reason I can't believe it's above him is because he's engaged in it before. So I can't just believe that he just suddenly thinks it's above And within him. the last, what, year and a half? Yeah. Even less than yeah. that. Still disappointed. Probably came 12 out. months. Yeah, it's really recent. So I can't just believe, oh, he's just too rich to do all of this. No, mm. no, it's not that. It's not. It's something else. And, and the longer yeah. you leave it, the worse it will be if you do engage. I think at this point he won't because... Yeah. How do you explain it if you, if Chip keeps going? Because I don't think he will stop if he releases another in a couple of months and Stormzy still doesn't reply. But then if he does, he loses as well. Yeah, I think he's already lost, man. He's already in my yeah. eyes. He's already lost because you know what? Because even let's say it's bigger than music, right? And that's mm-hmm. the reason why he pulled up in, in the in the fancy Lambos, made it look sexy. Then if I get in that sense, maybe it's just kind of dumb because it's bigger than rap. Because obviously Jay Z and Nas became bigger than rap after a certain point. Yeah. They had to kind of kill it down, but at least it came back to rap. Yeah. Well, I feel like this is like where is this? Like you're you're one person who's rapping, you got one person who's like doing all these things off camera, which is and if you're talking about his brand, I know a lot of people are bringing that up. That's gonna hurt his brand way more than going mm-hmm. blow for blow with someone. Like why? Like you know, you lot are both have too much to lose in this game why are you pulling up and someone's out like that just that just sounds really wild to me that's just yeah do you know what I mean like, that's, that just sounds very irresponsible again it might be maybe the situation that it actually is might be a lot bigger than we we know who knows I, I have no idea mate but in terms yeah. of rap he's definitely lost in my eyes yeah just remains to be seen what what, um, what his first and next move will be but yeah what do you think I, th- I think a lot of, I think I think he will leave it. I think there'll be little kind of, you know, one, two jabs in songs mm. here and there, like kind of collab songs. He had one recently, didn't he? Yeah. Um, where he just kind of does the like sly atting, which yeah. people do, but I yeah. think that is, that does not, that is not a, a response. Absolutely not. It's not, That's not it, a response. And Drake's been doing you that for can't the feature past on someone's two song years. And call that a response. Drake's also, I do not buy, just go back to Drake. I do not buy the like, <laughs> When he was sitting down with what was it, LeBron James and a few other people talking about talking about the was it post Pusha T rap beef? Where he was it, I think it was rap radar. Like, oh, t- it was rap radar. Like, yeah, like I had I had another song like that was just too much. Yeah, and he didn't <laughs> stop yeah. And, and he's saying, "Oh, you can you can rest peacefully, know you never got out barred." And it's like, "Yes, you definitely did, mate. You got out barred. You got out calculated. You got out maneuvered. Like you got destroyed." And he's like, like, "Oh, I just went. It just went too far. It just went too far." Yeah. Um, it's like I mean. No, what do you expect? It's a it's a, rap it's a real rapper. It's a and real the guys are seriously rapper. going at each other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, but again, when you're <sighs> when you're too popular, I guess you can just start making up rules. Because again, same way cancel culture applies to people, to only people mm-hmm. that you don't like. You know, the opposite goes for people that you do like. So you can now just like, oh yeah, actually, it's really just immature to rap. Like, why would he do that? It's like maybe because he's a fucking rapper, mate. Like that's what they fucking do. Like that's what he's paid to do. Like. <laughs> I don't know why people try to like rationalize it. Like he's literally paid to 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 you know put words behind the microphone. And now you're telling him he doesn't need to do that. Like yeah, it's kind of the, it's kind of the name. Like it's it's in the name. Like it's it does what it's, it says on the tin. Literally. Rap beef. Like it, yeah. 
anyway. uh, comes with the territory. Also going on this week though, um, Timberland. Talk to me about that. Oh gosh, it's a whole conversation in itself. Cool. Um, but so, yeah, just I'll, kind of crystallise what's going on. Okay, I'll just give um, a quick context for the people who probably don't know. So, um, there was a young woman. I think she was probably from the Middle East. And she was probably, she was posting like, oh, I mean, she must have said something like, oh, um, a lot of like modern day music is inspired by Middle Eastern music and was like mm-hmm. playing all these songs that from the Middle East and playing all these rap songs that kind of sampled it. I mean, they, she put like Kanye West and Timberland and stuff like that. And there was like a massive discourse in terms of, oh, so I, this is what mm-hmm. I don't understand. Like, I, I don't even think she meant to do that. Obviously, I can't. I don't know intense, but for somehow I went from that to, oh, these artists are just stealing songs, and it's like, yeah, her vid- her video yeah. was, um, it was just her like kind of standing and having like the music videos going in the mm. background and pointing to one song, like dancing along to it, and then showing that, you know, that I think it was two tip- two or three Timberland beats. One was for yeah. Jay Z, one was for Kanye West. I've forgotten mm. who the third was for, um, and then just showing that they were kind of sampled. The sample was like have, was kind of barely edited mm. and had been taken from um, from some I think Middle East or at least Arabic language yeah. um, songs, and mm. then people obviously took that, ran with it, and went, you know, ah, oh, Timberland is stealing songs. Um, so yeah, talked, yeah, talk me through that. You're I know, already, I know, yeah. I know ready to go. Yeah, for me, it's like okay, so. I would just for anyone who literally thinks that sampling is just stealing music, then why is it called sampling and not just a cover? You know why is it? You know I mean that they're, they're different names for a reason. Like if I'm covering a song, you know if Alana Havis is performing fucking say a little prayer, you're not gonna be like she stole that song. You're just like she's covering the song. So there's a name for that. Yeah. There's a name when you just kind of copy the song. It's just called a cover. Okay, that's one. That just really confuses me. Cool. Sampling is when you take a bit of the song and then you manipulate that and you incorporate it throughout your track or in parts of your track, which is what I believe has been done here. You put some some hip hop beats on there, put some eight weights, put some drums. Suddenly, it's not the same song you listen to. Like it's complete gives you a completely yeah. different feel, gives you a completely different response. Like I I, I think do you know what it is I think it's one of those things where I think people think that music is simply just words put together or sounds just put together and i don't think they think there's an art behind arrangement of sound or arrangement of yeah just literally arrangement on sound that's i think that's literally what it is so yeah. sometimes sampling could sometimes just be like oh i think that song's nice or i think that little hook is nice and that's what we call that could mm. be all it is and sampling yeah I, I don't i just don't it doesn't in my head i'm trying to be like rational i'm trying to like not rational sympathize empathize that's yeah. it but in my head it just doesn't make sense because sampling yeah. by definition isn't stealing because you are sampling yeah. some of the track so i, I don't see, i don't I understand can, yeah yeah, yeah i can kind of see i can see this i'm not going to call it her perspective i don't even know what her name is but um mm. i can kind of see the perspective of some people on that side saying um if their point is, you know, there's a lot of influence of um, of Arabic language music or of um, certain cultures and it's prevalent in hip-hop music and you guys don't know about it. And I think, yeah, that's definitely a conversation to have. Like people, I find it really interesting working out where samples are from. Um, 
and I could definitely understand that. But as long as like royalties are paid, like this is this is kind of like the evolution of music, right? Like yeah, like I you think, take on and I, but that's actually yeah. where that's where I think Timberland comes does kind of garner some some legit criticism is that in the past there have been examples of him apparently not paying royalties to people and have take having taken mm. and sampled people's music i think it was a danish group at one point um and didn't pay them pay them royalties um so so i do get that especially when it's like a, a dominant like culture like american culture or mm. like you know like western like anglo anglophone yeah. countries they're <laughs> yeah. just like you know plunder resources like you can kind of see see where that point of view is coming from. Um, no, I I get the, that. Yeah, yeah, I get Go that. On. I think in the sense of, I think the credit should be given in any. Absolutely. Form. Do you know what I mean like? Yeah. I think we're living in an era now where people were like, "Oh, look, see, look, I was involved too." Like, you know, don't forget about me. Was if I'm paying you, like for example, if if you know if if I pay someone to clean my car and I'm like, oh, look at my nice clean car, I'm not expecting the fucking car cleaner to be like, oh, look, actually. I was one who waxed it and I was the one who washed the tires. I'm not expecting that. I fucking paid you to do that. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's different. If you did it for free, I'd be like, oh, Rob, you know, my friend, you know, cleaned up my car. I was really nice of him. That's different. Completely different thing. I am paying you to use some of your songs. That's it. I don't need to... What What, what do you want to do? Shout you out in the song? <laughs> what? Do you know what I mean? Like, make a tweet saying, oh, yeah, by the way, this song was inspired... Like... A good example of this is um, her. You know, I love you know you know me. I go get my little her yeah. rag on. She has that song. Is it Lost Souls? That's like an interpolation of Lawrence Hill's Lost One. Okay, everyone is very clear mm-hmm. as day. That's an interpolation, or pretty much, if not sampling it straight off. No one's gonna be like, I, I, actually, that song actually came from Lauren Hill in nineteen ninety eight. You need to. No I get what, I get what you mean. I get what you mean. But there's a difference. <laughs> I think the point a lot of people might be making um mm. is the like the difference of cultures right and of like um but that's not on as the i said artist. earlier like the dominant no, no no but i think but that's why that's why it's different just from like uh, an american artist sampling an american song or doing a cover of a british song that's that's where i do kind of understand people but then that's just on on consumers of music to take it upon themselves to understand music as well exactly uh, don't you know. doesn't everyone say they have such a diverse music taste when you ask them it's like i actually listen to anything like oh you know I don't, i'm not really stuck to one genre like i listen to everything so if you do listen to everything then <laughs> you know what i mean why are you surprised when someone's sampling some shit from fucking india or whatever like because there's some people who mm. really do listen to literally anything it's not even just music you spoke about last week when we did the um I mean, a brave interview where fucking Frederick and just takes samples from like adverts and shit like that. Yeah, like people do that shit. People legit really do that shit. So when they are taking songs from other mm-hmm. countries, other languages, it's not on them to be like, actually, by the way, this came from the depths of Vietnam, and I just need to shout out to my friend. Um, you know, let me, you know, let me, let me not be too dramatic, but Jeremy, you know I mean? just shout out to my friend, whatever. Like, you don't need to do all of that. Like. He's doing that by giving the credits. And if you go, if you want to find out the sample, you can easily find the sample. Like, I don't know what they want artists to do. Like, because yeah. even if you're talking about song making, what, you want to shout out the engineer? You want to shout out my A&R? Do you, like, doing, where does it stop? Like, just because the song, like most music now, music's been around for how long, right? Most music now is based on what someone else has already done. So 
Yeah. I think that's just a given. Yeah. So I'm just going to no, shout. No, I get it. I think, I, yeah, I get it. I think, the yeah, the only kind of val- valid point that they would be making is about the kind of power element of it, right? Yeah, like, don't worry, if you're a massive artist, like, I don't know. I, I still don't get it because even if I'm Jay-Z, right, and I'm sampling, like, a Nina Simone song you've never heard, I think sometimes, you know what it is? I think sometimes sampling is like homework. That's the way I see it because it's not like you can't tell there's a sample in some of these songs. And if sometimes, mm. if you like a song, so for me, there's sometimes, oh, I'll be like, oh, I like that sample. And I just look to what the sample is. Sometimes yeah. the sample connects to the song's meaning. Some, I mean, sometimes the sample kind of adds more depth to the song. I think that's what sampling is kind of born to do, like just add more depth. So I don't think it's literally necessarily on the artist to be like, oh, let me just write a note. Like, you know what I mean? Like, why would they ever do that? Like, as long as they pay the artist to get the credit, then if you are interested in a song, like if you like the song that much and you want it, and if the original is what you want, because again, that doesn't even make sense. So what? Because someone made this song, no other versions of the song can ever be made for the end of time. Like, that doesn't make any sense. So if you do, if you're so obsessed with the first of things, because I know people are like that, the first album or the first song, like people love that shit. You know, if you are obsessed with the originals of things, then just listen to the original. Then, like, you don't have to listen to the the sample version. Like, I don't get what the problem is. I honestly don't. Honestly, don't. It's very, it was very um, confusing. Yeah. <laughs> we, we spent a lot of time on this. This is, this is <laughs> not necessarily what we were coming to chat about today, but, but we both think sampling is awesome, and you know, we'll talk about it at some point. We'll have yeah. We'll I think we, I think we should have, have an episode, episode down the line. One hundred percent, we should have an episode um, down the line. Yeah. We don't. We both, yeah. And I think that's something that we like to do, be like, actually, the originals are sick as well. So, yeah, exactly. You know, there'll be some shout outs to, to different cultures, different languages as well. Mm-hmm. Something we like to do as a collective. The Artist Spotlight. Come on. I got it yes. right this time. <laughs> Compared to last week. Artist Spotlight. What did you call it last week? Spotlight Artist. I'm so triggered. Oh, boy. Anyway, Spotlight Series <laughs> this week was Ice Cold Bishop. Yeah. Um, and Tell me about him. Yeah. What is there to say? There's a lot to say. He's, I, I think one of the first things that really drew me to him was his, he had an interview with Complex Magazine last year. Okay. Um, and it just, yeah, he just came across as like a really genuine guy who wasn't ready to, even as he says himself, he spent a period of time homeless, um, just kind of sleeping in the studio, sleeping at friends' houses. Um, and during that time, obviously had very little money and was kind of in the process of writing music looking for for record deals but still mm. knew his worth like you're saying at the beginning the economics he, mm. he knew he had assets <laughs> and he wasn't ready yeah. he wasn't ready to kind of sell sell himself you know for less than he thought he was worth i yeah. think that's awesome and mm. in the meantime he's now kind of he said he was like prioritizing himself. his health last year was you know i love all this social distancing staying aside a yeah. lot a law-abiding okay. man um <laughs> and uh, and yeah, just perfecting his craft in the last kind of 12 months, set up his own kind of subsidiary label, um, Ice Cold. Um, and yeah, I just think he has such a, a unique voice, a pretty cool flow as well. Um, if people have seen, we've got a playlist. Yeah. Spotlight, Spotlight series. series. Yeah. So um, we've got a couple of songs on there. Katana yeah. was a sick song. He had one with Absol last yeah, year. You, really you particularly liked the one, what was it called? Irate. Super, that was super a good color song. show performance. Yeah. yeah, that was really, really good. Um, really, really good. Yeah, so obviously he's like a an LA artist, right? So um, yeah, 
I think he's relatively new on people's radars. I think he's like quite, especially in terms of um, this country, he's quite fresh out of the water. So it's quite surprising mm. that he's collabed with some big artists like, you know, Absol, Mick James. Kenny Beats. Like, Kenny Beats. Like, yeah. So he seems like a guy who's like very, very much on his way. Um, he feels, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I've made this comparison before, but it just works. I feel like if Brockhampton needed a new member, they'll call this guy. Like, he does seem, yeah, yeah. He does yeah. seem like I good, thought that yeah. without without actually having that thought. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like he gives that type of energy. Like he's very like hyphy, but at the same time, he also kind of reminds me of like the way like his cadence kind of reminds you of Jid in a sense. They don't think I don't think they talk about the same things or they rap the same way. Just that jittery, mm. like and high, you know, high paced, high high yeah. octane type of rap. Yeah. But at the same time, but yeah. I feel like it's very much like, oh, I can imagine Brockhampton featuring this. Danny Brown? Thing. Yes. Perfect. That is, I've been trying Danny to think Brown. of this for the last week. Yeah. I was about to say, oh, wait, to the end of the episode, Danny Brown is the guy I was thinking of. Danny That's Brown. That is it. That's it. Danny Brown. You're right. That was, that, was a good one. that was a good comparison. Danny Brown. So yeah, he seems like, you know, the Danny Brown of the of, of this decade kind of thing. Like, mm. so yeah. He, I think I think his songs really good. I think I rate the color show really really good. Um, his yeah. freestyles are really good. Like I'm surprised mm. he doesn't have a project out. I'm pretty sure that's going to come at some point. Yeah, yeah. Well, he he said he's kind of got it, but then he's just been kind of going back to it and editing it since he's had kind of time indoors. See, which I'm is a good thing. And all, one a... of those things that with certain artists you worry about when you're like when they keep going over the and they keep fine tuning it. Um, or like, but the he's but he's a he's he's a young he's a young artist though, isn't he? Um, I have no idea and what it is. I'm pretty sure. No, but I'm saying on the scene. Oh, so I'm yeah, pretty yeah, sure yeah, he has yeah. quite a clear vision. Yeah. Um, this is, you know, his first big project. So, yeah, I don't worry too much about the quality. I think it will be. I think it will be sick. Fair. I mean, his freestyles are really good. I like to push to start. I like to um, yeah. trick daddy. Like, yeah, he's got something to him. Like, he's got like a nice little wordplay here and there. But yeah, no, that Danny Brown person was so perfect. I think that's exactly what it is. Um, yeah. yeah, back at it was a song with um, Absol. Absol went absolutely off on that one, like so so good. Yeah, um, yeah. I think he's got a lot of promise. I think it would just be interesting to see him. Um, like, I think this is the first artist who kind of um, put to the spotlight that has no EP, no album out. He's just someone who's like seems well known in that like undergroundish scene. So yeah, I I, I, I yeah. want to see what it would be like on a project. Like he's got, he seems to have the like connection infrastructure so. around mm. him to to make it so yeah it'll be interesting to see yeah for um, sure but yeah, yeah no but big, yeah no big events taking place this week top a big yeah. political events uh, i guess welcome to hell yeah it's an operation isn't it yeah godly yeah. i didn't watch it did you watch it i did watch it of course i watched it yeah of course you watched i it. had it i had, <laughs> had three screens up but yeah i had one of them was uh the inauguration mm. yeah just good to see you know yeah. Finally, four years four years of hell for for a lot of people. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think people expected it to be a lot more disruptive than it was. It seems like today went off quite peacefully. Well, I think after yeah. what happened at the Capitol, I think people expected it to be, um, yeah, just like ragged or someone's just gonna come up. <laughs> like I think someone made a joke. It was based on the show Scandal. I don't know if you watched it. If someone said, "Oh, I haven't." No. <laughs> uh, someone said, um, "For the listeners, you'll get it." He's like, oh, so I said, Joe Biden better wrap this up before B613 comes. <laughs> and I thought that was really hilarious. So you won't get it, John. It's fine. But it's really funny. I'm smiling. 
But um, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, I mean, yeah. I think scary. just the they were not going to let there be a repeat. So huge amounts of security what was it twenty thousand national guard brought in. There was not going to be a repeat. Like they were taking zero chances. I mean, they should have done it the um, last time, but yeah, time great now. ceremony though. Really, really good poet there. Um, she was, I think, she was like the young national laureate in twenty seventeen. Um, really, yeah, powerful message. Nice to see. Was it J Lo sang and Lady Gaga sang? Great scenes. Oh, of course she did. Um, Michelle yeah, Obama looked no, amazing she, though. Shout out to Michelle Obama and Barack as well. They looked amazing. Yeah. They are the coolest couple. <laughs> yeah. They're, yeah, yeah, they're too nice. slick. They're too mm. cool. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, you know, a, a president who... We, we don't always get political in the show, but let's be honest. No. A president who did not... Uh, abdicated his responsibilities for four, year, four years. Did not yeah. kind of... Yeah. I mean, there's so much we can say about it. I mean, responsibility is the key thing, the key theme for today. Yeah, I mean, also we speak about, um, you know, ex-president Trump at this time of recording. But um, yeah, like... Feels good think, to say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you think of it, like, yeah, I mean, just what you mentioned, responsibility, because I think within, oh, within those four years, um, there were a lot of artists, and obviously we are a music podcast at the end of the day, mm-hmm. Um, there, there were a lot of like musicians and like artists who were kind of endorsing Trump, and I don't honestly. I think you, you're allowed to have whatever political um, alignment you're you're meant to have. Like, you I mean if you're mm-hmm. if you're if you're right wing, you're right wing. For left wing, I I personally don't give a fuck. But um, I think sometimes with a lot of people, actually, let's just start off there because I think that's an interesting post to you. Do you think that if you are an artist, so let's say an established artist, so people actually know who you are, like not just someone who makes music in their basement, like, you're a known artist, do you think there is a responsibility that comes with that, like an actual responsibility, or it's just, um, it's optional, like, oh, you could you could hold some responsibility, but you don't have to, like, where do you kind of stand on it? I don't know, I was listening to a, a really short interview with Common, and he was saying, kind of in his, you know, his aged wisdom now, like, he, he what he's, being using his platform for different reasons he's wanting to kind of speak up and um kind of use his voice in a in a positive way in a way that kind of lifts up other people's voices that that don't necessarily have a platform yeah but when he was a young artist you know he was like yeah like i had a voice and i was going to use it to talk about me and talk about why i'm so great so i so i do understand of course like young young people in in the hip-hop you know r&b rap game they want to just talk about themselves because they're new to it and yeah. they don't necessarily understand. They probably understand in their heads, but they don't fully realise the the kind of platform they have. So mm. I think it, it is definitely more of an old man's game, it seems, in hip-hop. Yeah. It, seems, it seems to be something that, you know, album two, three, four, you might, you might get a little bit more political. Um, the ideal is yes. Like, I think if mm. you've got a platform... And you're that way inclined. Mm. Use it. Use it for good. Use it to to speak out when you can, and to also use your craft to to get across a message that is um, like uplifting or gives voices to people. Mm. Yeah, what I think you? Um, I kind of get that, but I think I I'm not on the spectrum of. I don't think you should do it for the sake of. 
like no no shade to any artists out there but a lot of artists aren't the brightest bulbs in the room some of them have been no rapping i get since, i get that yeah i mean yeah. Some, some of them are rapping since they were a teenager they never had to go to like college or university whatever you want to call it um so yeah they kind of just were always rappers and they kind of went on that that way so i'm not going to be really inclined to listen to what that person has to say about politics yeah. neither should anyone i don't think anyone should go to the people they like just for information on things about the world at large i think you know that's that's probably not a wise way to go about it but then you see people like um you know lil wayne who's had such a massive influence on the world like okay he's one yep. of the biggest rappers of all time all time mm-hmm. and i think when people see someone like him um maybe the same because it's not like he's necessarily endorsing trump but it's like oh i don't i don't give a fuck like basically i don't give a fuck and yeah i think when i say this responsibility to be like i think when people say that i think people what i think people naturally think because rap came from oppression and struggle and stuff like that i think people mm-hmm. think rap people who are rappers are naturally going to be aligned left just but, naturally by te- by like yeah their reality. yeah just yeah just by yeah. definition of being in that genre which for the most mm-hmm. part is true but i think for artists who are just literally oh i just want to rap i literally just i just like the um science and craft of rapping then mm-hmm. fair enough like you're fair enough like, I'm, I'm not gonna say like he's wrong for that but i can't yeah i can't say he's wrong for it because I don't think I'd mm. go for Lil Wayne for, for like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Lil Wayne, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know, oh, okay, I'm, I do not, I'm not going to let this go, but um, Dave Chappelle in one of his standouts, he's like, oh, the ja Rule oh shit, the world's on fire, where's Ja Rule? Somebody get me Ja Rule. <laughs> yeah. It's like, nobody cares what Ja Rule means. Yeah. It was, it was a funny, it was a funny skit. No, yeah. it's true. And, and I think that's why that skit is so legendary to some people. Because like, why the fuck would you go to someone like Ja Rule? And I think the same about Lil Wayne, like, why that goes a little way about his political line? I, like it doesn't affect how I feel. It doesn't affect. It shouldn't. It shouldn't affect how the masses feel. But I think that's the problem that people have. Mm. Where, um, I think people have. I think people who believe that Lil Wayne is like kind of moving reckless are the same people who kind of feel like music is very impressionable because you. The the only reason you'd be bothered by Lil Wayne saying, "Oh, he doesn't give a fuck," is because you think that people who are listening to him also won't give a fuck. And I don't think music translates in that manner, from in my in my opinion. What do you think? Yeah, I think I get what you're saying, and I definitely think that you know if people are politically inclined and uh, believe they have something to contribute or like a message that that will get through to people, then I think yeah. it's great for them to share it. Obviously, yeah. not everyone's so not everyone is articulate in that way, um, but I think yeah, just what I kind of dislike is the. <laughs> he kind of equates or does he I don't know he talks about his personal experience and I respect that he doesn't say everyone else is lying he just talks about himself mm. but in being on what was it it was on Undisputed um, mm. with Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless absolute scenes yeah. every single episode <laughs> if people don't watch that um, but but yeah uh, what was it Un- Uncle Shay Shay what was yeah. it Shay's Shack um, yeah. anyway yeah if people have seen that then he says um he said in another interview as well, like he's a young, rich black guy, and if that doesn't expl- explain that Americans respect black pe- people, then he doesn't know what does. And he kind of talked on Undisputed, saying that you know he looks out in his crowd and there are white and black people enjoying his music. So, 
Yeah, but he he's not in his. If he wasn't, he's in this position, so that explains that there is a lack of of kind of racism. Mm, but that's the thing, and I think you know what? I think given who he is, he's absolutely right. But the thing is, you need to understand. I think people need to understand. I'm pretty sure you understand, John. But like, people need to understand that the way that an artist lives is not the way regular people live like Absolutely. their perspective you know what I mean their perspective on the world is so warped and not in a bad way it's just just by definition of them being famous and mm-hmm. being a established artist they're gonna get respect and perks that you just wouldn't get if you were just some regular guy walking across the street so I think in terms of his frame and the way the world kind of looks out to him and the way he looks at the world I think he's being genuine when he says that but I don't I think what he's not doing is being empathetic and being okay if yeah. If I wasn't one of the biggest rappers of all time, if I wasn't, you know, sending out all these tours, how would people treat me? And mm-hmm. because of the ego that comes with being such a massive rapper, you know, it's hard to kind of see it's that. It's hard to empathize. Yeah, and I think that's the problem that comes with it. So I, I get I get what you're saying. I think I think I get that I, I get the problem with spreading misinformation, but that's gonna happen regardless. Like same way there's people call a lot of these like a lot of people think that a lot of right people are uneducated and it's like that's not true like a lot of them are educated but you know some, some yes yeah, you know it's like it's not it's not necessarily a case of oh the uneducated people are just gonna like follow Lil Wayne it's like you know sometimes like you can you can just take what he's saying and be like oh no I don't agree with that and that's pretty that's pretty much it like I don't think yeah. it's, I think it's a different thing if they're putting it in their songs because I think the way I consume music personally is sometimes a lot of the time I look for music for ideas or like I look at music the way I like I read a book. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, this is a good story and I take some lessons from that. So I think if he was saying, oh, you know, if he was saying the same things that like he was saying like, oh, you know, I see he may put it in a rap. I don't know how fucking, I don't know how the way we put that in a rap. I can't do that. But yeah, if you say that in a rap, then it's like, and someone says, oh, you know, that's actually true. Then maybe that might be a bit damaging. But if he's just kind of talking off the mic and saying all of that, then I don't really care. And I think that's why I kind of keep a distance between the artist and the person because who you are as a person, I can't bank on you being a, a person I'll like. <laughs> I can bank on mm-hmm. liking your music. And I think that's, yeah. that's what you've got to keep that divide between the two. Interesting. So yeah, mo- moving from that example, I was wondering the, what do we have? I think it was maybe July time last year. With um, no name and J Cole, <laughs> yeah. and I just want to get your thoughts on that because that I feel like my first opinion, my opinion that I had immediately has changed a little bit to what it is now. So I was wondering, okay. what's your your take on that? So the context of that obviously was, mm. um, you know, after the George, uh, after the George Floyd killing and mm. a lot of the kind of protests that were going on after that. Um, no name has obviously been very like politically vocal and active (laughs) and oh well save it it's my time to talk but yeah and kind of uh kind of educating a lot of people with her little book club um i say little with her book club on her instagram um and then enter j cole over to you i i mean she kind of called them out she's like i think she said something along the lines of um some of your favorite rappers you know stay silent when these things happen and stuff like that and I think people and I know people always like, like oh 
she ain't really saying anyone by name. It's like, come on, fucking do the math for me. Like, come on. You know who she's talking about. Like, she's talking about some of the biggest rappers in the game. Because you can't say some of you lot's favourite rappers and not think of the biggest rappers. That's just a logical next step to think about. There's so three think, guys, probably. Yeah, there's literally three guys. Yeah. <laughs> you, know I mean? you think of Drake, you think of Kendrick, and you think of Cole. So, yeah. um, yeah. And I think, obviously, Drake has been criticised for not saying a lot in the past. I think... Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll be surprised if anyone criticized Kendrick because I think he does it in a very, very profound way. But, you know, that's just me. And then you also got J. Cole there as well. So I think J. Cole replying, I don't, I know a lot of people are acting like he was just out of nowhere. Oh, like I, I saw a lot of replies at that time where people were like, oh, she wasn't even talking about you if the shoe fits. And it's like, let's not be obtuse here. Like, come on, like, come on, like. Because for No Name to say that, the thing is, No Name is not a small artist either. So someone to say your favourite rappers, it's got to be someone who's bigger than her. And yeah. right now, especially in American hip-hop, I don't think there's like many, many rappers who are bigger than her. I don't yeah. think. And no, don't get me wrong, no. I think there's a lot of people who know No Name. I get what you're saying. I think a lot of people know No Name. That's why. That's what I mean. Like I think her, especially within America, like okay. it's pretty big. And I think yeah. the rappers who she was calling out, I don't think she was calling out fucking Lil Baby and Gunner in that tweet. I don't think she was, no. mate. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? I don't. I think she was being more specific about that. So, J Cole comes out with the song. Was it Snow, Snow on the, the Bluff? And I, you know, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't matter to the story, but just for context, that was like a fucking bad song. It was a bad, bad, bad song. One of the worst J Cole's ever dropped. Because not because he was rapping badly or anything like that i just didn't see the purpose of it i was like why why did he make a song about this like it was really strange and you know again he does that same shit he's doing the same shit no name's doing like being passive and not really calling her out by name and you know leaving that room for discussion as well which is just weird um so yeah so he kind of comes out saying that um instead of like criticizing us why don't you educate us and things like that and then he made mm. a tweet after saying, um, "How am we saying like, oh, like um, he doesn't he doesn't take anything he said. Everyone should follow No Name and you yeah. know all that PC shit, whatever." So I'll just give a quick thoughts on that. I think. So are you talking about in terms of a social manner, in terms of responsibility that way? Is that what you're asking, right? That and also there's obviously the whole conversation about the whether he meant it in that way or not. The phrase. Um, like something about the Queen's tone. A lot of people understand. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I know. I know it's different coming from Jacob because he yeah. is a black man. But like, obviously, yeah. people know the narrative of like women being, especially black, like black women being mm. portrayed as as like uncouth, as mm. aggressive, as speaking out of line, mm. and that kind of whether he intended it or not, that alludes to it. Saying there was, so- I don't, I didn't mind what you said, but like there was something about the tone. And that's something oh, I don't think I immediately picked okay. up on. Yeah, and I was like, you know, yeah. it's it's like it's the rap game. Like, let him say what he wants. Like, he's not out of line or being misogynistic. Mm. These are all my initial thoughts because it's rap. If you say, if you like, slyly at someone, expect to get a clap back. But mm. I think just in the context of everything that was going on, I've kind of understood her point of view a little bit more. I get, I get, oh, I get the critique on that. Um, I think 
I think No Name's Twitter is just like a Twilight Zone at this point. Because sometimes I go and I'm like, fuck, fuck, you know, this girl made telephone. I'm like, what? Like, let me get back out. Like, doesn't even seem like the same woman these days. And fair enough, she's probably going through her own, like, path of enlightenment or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, even what you just said, I mean, don't forget, No Name made her own clapback with um, Produced by Madlib. You know, something like something. Crazy yeah. beat. Yeah, one minute, so, what's it? One minute thirty-three. That yeah, it's really short anyway. song, but don't like. It's not like no one kept quiet after that, but I think with I think no one was basically trying to portray that. Okay, you no, know, this responsibility goes with the whole theme of this episode. The responsibility to kind of talk out when these things happen, but I mm-hmm. think no name putting that tweet out there is shady. I can't lie, it is shady because one thing I know about these artists and people always need to have this context there because it makes. When you have this context there, it makes you rethink everything you see on the internet. No Name and Jacob have collabed before. They were both on the song on Surf. They know of each other. Let's not get it twisted. So mm-hmm. they probably both follow each other on Twitter, socials, or whatever. So if they had a problem with one another, they could just DM each other. At the very worst. they may. I don't know if they have their phone numbers. I'm just saying at the very worst, they can just contact each other. So all the things yeah. you see on the internet is because they want you to see it on the internet. That's just that's just a, that's a fact. You can't debate that. So no name mm-hmm. kind of putting out those passive aggressive tweets. I get it. Maybe she's frustrated, which is fair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're drawing them out, and I think yeah. he kind of you know unlike Stormzy, he keeps it to music. So he's like, fuck it, I'm gonna reply in a song, weird song, fair enough. But then she also replies to music as well, and it ends up just being a really weird um, dynamic where it's like, okay, but there's no beef here. You're just you know, yeah, so, sorry I said that. I, I meant it, but we'll say like, let's still be friends. Yeah, it was really See strange. Really, yeah. really strange. Um. Yeah. So yeah. So like, I think. Yeah, and you were talking about the whole like, you know, the tone thing. I kind of get that. Yeah. I think. I don't think. I I obviously I don't know fucking Jerry Ponzi why, but I don't think he was talking necessarily just for himself there. I think he was talking about just people as a whole, and I think he was talking about okay like yeah you know you're saying people don't know about certain things or people aren't aware about certain things then yeah if you because that's one thing i really hate when people on like social media are like why isn't everyone talking about this and it's like okay instead of wasting your time making that post you could just talk about mm. the thing you think people need to talk about. yeah because i think yeah. part of his point was that she has i mean i don't know her background but mm. i think he was alluding to her having a very different upbringing to his and it be being more <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was bad like, that was a mistake. like yeah that she mm. had perhaps been like more privileged and was encouraged to like find out things for herself a little bit more was encouraged to to learn and read about these issues and be more you know yeah. hate the word quote unquote woke about things and he <laughs> yeah. he wasn't so he's kind of yeah bemoaning her maybe patronizing tone but then you know he comes back a little bit patronizing I mean, with the no it is it's like when he did say the part where he said he's just like, like he doesn't read, that was kind of mind blowing. So it's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, a long track. Yeah, it's like it's like it's like telling someone, oh, you know, you should really be on top of your maths, son. Like you know, it's really important in your life. And then he's like, well, Dad, can you help me with my maths homework? It's like. You know, I don't really use maths in my everyday life. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I just use Excel, but it's like, why, why are you telling, like, why are you telling someone to educate someone who's like, you don't even read? So it's like, that, that is a bit cheeky. I can't, I can't lie. That's a bit wild to me. 
<laughs> yeah. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna move us on because I've another couple Go. of questions um, for you. One of them, I guess, as we're talking about responsibility, like as podcast hosts, you and I, um, what what kind of responsibility do you think we we have towards not just our listeners but towards the artist as well? Um, yeah. What do you, what do you feel like our obligations are? Well, that's a good question. Um, I think the way I see it, and I think the way I've always kind of seen this show, is mm-hmm. we're kind of like historians in a sense. And I think historians have an obligation to document things honestly. So I think when we talk about artists or when we talk about people's legacy or we talk about albums, I think we try our hardest to be honest with how I feel, how we feel. So when we're, we when we are saying stuff like hotels isn't an instant classic, we're not doing that to show an artist. We're doing that to be honest because five years time, a lot of you aren't gonna listen to that album. Sorry, but um, yeah, like I think I think that's what it is. I think we have a responsibility to bring honest conversation to the music space because I think so much, so much of the space is filled up with. Let me talk really nicely about this artist so I can interview him one day. It's like, we don't give a fuck about that. Like, we, we don't, we'll talk shit on artists that we like. And we talk about shit, we talk, we, you know, we talk nicely about artists we don't like. And we'll give credit where it's due. I think music is objective at the end of the day. And, but at the same time, you want to be objective in how you critique them. So I think there's a responsibility to do that. Just be honest. Like, for example, if, if Stormzy drops a great song, also I'm not the biggest Stormzy fan, I think everyone knows that, but if Stormzy drops a great song, I'm gonna, I think there's responsibility, but I don't know, that's actually a good fucking song. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think, I think, yeah, yeah I think, I think that's where it, it kind of, that's how I modeled, like, I think it's just, we have responsibility to kind of like, model and portray the discussions we have as honestly as we can and not yeah. really hold back. Yeah, what about you? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I agree with you. I think you often, maybe not on the podcast, but when we talk mm-hmm. about music, you, use the word candid to try and yeah. <laughs> um, say what, what we're what we're trying to do here um yeah i agree i think also what we do with like the spotlight series is i think there's a or i feel mm, like there's a, that's true. a yeah. particular responsibility to to highlight artists on our mm. you know humble platform that we have right now yeah i think there's, there's still a responsibility to bring artists to the foreground to even if it's you know just some friends and family or mm. you know, a couple of viewers. Shout out our viewers in um, California. Quite a few there. Thank you guys. Oh yeah, Brazil, yeah, we've got yeah. You're like we've got like ten percent of US listeners. Israel, like, yeah, yeah. A few other countries around Bulgaria. Like we're, we're, yeah, we're a lot of fucking places. I think it was in Brazil. I saw as well. Like, yeah, some nuts yeah. places. <laughs> yeah, shout out to you guys. But yeah, so yeah, yeah, just to bring new music and highlight. Um, yeah, just I guess do our bit. Bring mm. bring music to people. Um. And yeah, again, just be be honest, not kind of pander to to the big artists <laughs> yeah. because we hope that in three years when we're working at Spotify Studios that we will uh, <laughs> Drake, Drake in and talk about how Dark Lane Temo, Demo Tapes was an instant classic. So, yeah. You know what? <laughs> it's not the start of episodes and you thought you got away with it, but you're never going to get away with it, John. So one fact about John. So oh, here's here we it. Go. It's perfect yeah. segue. You know what it is? With these episodes, right? I know a lot of people think I'm the villain, right? They think I'm the bad guy and you're the good guy. I'm the bad cop, you're the good cop. But really, have you have you ever seen that meme on Twitter where it's like, you know, the TV show villain and the actual villain? I'm the TV show villain. John is the actual villain. <laughs> John's the true villain behind the scenes because 
he judges you lot's music opinions very harshly. <laughs> like, he, like, he might not say it outwardly, but he comes to me about you. Like, we, we see everything, guys. We see everything. And, I've got, I've yeah, got 15 episodes friends. of proof that I'm a very calm guy. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Moving yeah. on. Would, would you disagree, John? Would you disagree? Um, I feel like I've admitted I can be a bit of a snob yeah. sometimes about music, yeah. But then at the same time, I come across people that know way more about music and then I feel very, yeah, very fair. small. So fair, there we fair, go. Fair. Um, but yeah, I guess in in other types of responsibility, um, mm. one thing I really find interesting is, I don't want to just call it cancel culture, but the idea of how mm. do you, if you can, how do you separate the artist from the the art? And, mm. and do you think there's a responsibility to to stop listening to certain artists who have kind of been not just uh, like criminal, but they've used their platform to kind of to to either be abusive to people or to commit crimes, and um, and yeah, their platform in itself is like a reflection of that. Like you can't get away from it. You can't separate their career from the abuse or the the harm they've caused. Oh, that is a. It's a good question. It is a good question. It's something. It's something I've really been thinking about. I think about it mm. on and off, but like a, a lot the last few weeks. Um, you have like obvious examples like Michael Jackson, R. Kelly. Mm. Like I, I started watching last year. Um, House of Cards. I've stopped now because mm. <laughs> I'm thinking. Of, I'm thinking about yeah. it more. But like Kevin Spacey, people like that, and it's mm. it's not just some kind of. It's not that the harm they've caused is analogous or like separate from their art. It's yeah. like they've been able to commit these acts because of their position, and like they've used their position not for good for bad. And it's oh. like how I, I really struggle with that. I'm like, how do I justify listening to, you know, Thriller, or how do I justify listening to this and that song when, yeah. Okay. If, if you want to think on it, I can keep talking. No, no, no. I, I have... I, this is a question I think of a lot of time. I think it's a great question. I think it's a really good mm-hmm. question. Um, I think... Okay, here's where I stand on it currently on 10-19 on the 20th of January 2021. So, as... <laughs> as I, you know, the obvious um, implication is that my opinion is subject to change. But this is where I stand on it currently. Yeah. I think... As much as you can, you should always separate the artist from the person. That doesn't even account for bad... That doesn't just account for bad people. That can account for people you even like. Because you might meet an artist that you really like, and you know what? They just got a bit of an ego. You just want to take it to them. That That's not a bad thing. It just is what it is. I think with any artist you like, any especially if you don't know them, you don't know them. And that's just that. I'm sorry. Like, you don't know them. You're not connected to them because the song really relates to you. You don't know mm-hmm. them. So, I think you should always try and just keep the music as the music and stay there as much as you can. But there are times where... I think there are times where the... Obviously, because a lot of people, they're, they're, they're telling their truth. So a lot of times some people are singing things that have really happened to them. Some people are singing things that are, are real events in their lives. And there they might be stuff you don't agree with. And you can't separate that. There's no way you can separate that. Cause, because I can't act like the, the songs that these artists are making are so separate to their lives. Because 
a lot of it is influenced from the lives that they live, if not all of it. So that is that. That's that. I think I get that side. I think also you brought some interesting examples where I feel like if I hear the music and I feel like it's directly related to a real life situation that I might not feel comfortable with, or I or it might force me to look in the, in, at the music in a different way, then I'll probably just sign out. Do you know what I mean? So like R. Kelly and stuff like that. I think he has a lot of music that's directly related to mm. some of the things he was doing. Michael Jackson, I don't think that's all his songs. I think he has a lot of songs that are completely unrelated to what he was doing. And I think I'm still find I find I still find enjoyment in those songs. I'm able to enjoy it without looking at the songs in that way. It's a very complicated mm. question. It is. But it is. yeah, it is, it is. But I think if I did that for every artist, and I think people forget and 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 just to, you know, bring the curtain down for a lot of people it's like Santa isn't real isn't it like a lot of artists have egos a lot of artists are pricks and it's, it's just by definition of being a massive artist I mean it's just mm-hmm. it, it's gonna happen so I yeah. always try to just look at oh I like this like I don't know like I don't know I think I think it should be applied to everything like I, I okay. honestly think, yeah I've I got a follow up question for you go, okay go ahead just for okay so from, from your kind of answer do you do you, do you think of music as different from other art forms? And part two of that question is: Do you think that music is a more? Do you think music's consumed in a more passive way than other art forms? And is that why you say what you say? Yes, I do. Okay, I think, cool. Yeah, I disagree. 100%. I think think about it. Right, people. You, you can take more from watching a movie once than to listening to an album once, even don't, though the album is shorter. I don't necessarily shorter. agree. That's what I'm saying. Like, for example, if you if you watch a movie once... I don't necessarily agree. I, I disagree. No, no, I get what you're saying, but I'm just saying, oh, I'm yeah. to the my point, right? If I watch The Dark Knight Rises once, mm-hmm. I can take most of what's happening in that film and remember it, even that one sitting, right? Mm-hmm. But if I listen to an album once, there's so many things that I might have missed on that one listen. I feel like you take more because that's that's where most people start and leave is the first listen. So that's what I'm just kind of basing my whole argument off. So I think when it comes to that, I think there's so much more you can take from music, um, movies, and other forms of media and music. Because I think some people listen to, and again, it, I think you're, I think you're saying that because of the way you listen to music. You listen to music with a lot of intent, where a lot of people don't. Do you know what I mean so? That's what I'm saying. So I think a lot of people don't... I think a lot of people listen to music to kind of aid them in whatever task they're doing, whether it's cleaning up the house, whether it's driving to a destination. So yeah, stay with me. Stay with me. I see your face. Go on. I, know, I knew you were going to say that. I've got a counterpoint, but I keep going. I'm just... Okay, cool. So with that being said, I think when it comes to like uh, a, a movie or, you know, like anything like that, anything with, like any other performing art, you don't necessarily have to bring yourself into the into that art form because it's not like you watch Denzel Washington movies and expect to understand who Denzel Washington is as a person you don't you you just see oh it's a fucking good actor you can really you can really act that role whereas if I'm listening to five albums of and I don't know Kendrick Lamar I expect to understand oh yeah he went through that when he was like 15 like I, I feel like I understand the person more I feel like a lot of artists do that where they start sharing their story through their music I don't think that's applicable for other forms of media, I don't think. I'd still make God hit me with a the counterpoint then. Cool. Hit me with it. No, no, no. Yes, yeah, so I, I think I definitely disagree. Like, I've, 
I was thinking about it, you know, the the classic, like, oh, this, you know, this, is, I, this isn't the music I listen to. This is just like my gym, my running playlist. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think that's bullshit. But anyway, um, <laughs> so yeah, so with, so with music, right, like mm. the way, even the way that people are listening to our podcast right now, mm. most likely on streaming platforms. So mm. like music in the same way, you, you kind of said that you think about it as different to other forms of art. And I think mm. that could possibly be the the way we're consuming it now like online streaming right like streaming's gen one of the reasons for streaming going online is you know artists were getting ripped off like everything was going online like napstar stuff like that yeah. it's partly moved because of because of technology and partly i think to combat the kind of like the illegal music market which was massive yeah, like and now yeah. and now i think people subconsciously think about consuming music as a as a passive act because you know we don't i read it some i was reading an article a couple of days ago saying that like we don't we don't like own music necessarily unless you know we own finals we like rent music so like it's it's not ours we're just like consuming it and and therefore we kind of think that like listening to music is an incredibly like i feel like it's a really like personal thing like you're sat in your room with your headphones (laughs) on literally just you and but whoever I you, think that's what you you're and Lauren Hill. Up. You and no, really? that's the thing, John. That's the thing. I think that's how. No. That's the thing. I think that's how we listen to music because when we listen to music, we're picking up on what the artist is saying. The beat, or oh, when the beat changes. No, but in. I don't even necessarily think it's it's how conscious you are in it. I think it's just the act of doing it as well. Because a lot of people just listen to random playlists. A lot of people that we cannot, for the life of us, comprehend, shuffle albums. We wouldn't <laughs> listen to it in the way that it's meant to be. But yeah. they're still listening to it and they're yeah. still taking like music music's different from books and films because you feel it in such a different way. Like if I if I like listen to a song, not only am I hearing like words here and there and a tune, but like you know, it's like going through your body, isn't it? Like yeah. when you hear music you like either want to like dance or you like properly mm. like bop to the music. Whereas if you're reading, you're not necessarily going around like <laughs> Humming, hum, humming like <laughs> yeah. Sonnet 23 from Shakespeare, but you yeah. are like humming the tune to mm. the latest, like Freddie Gibbs, the latest Taylor Swift song. So yeah. I think in that sense, there needs to be an acknowledgement of like how deep music runs. And it's not, a, it's not a passive act, I don't think in that sense. Oh, I get, oh man, you, you pose a good point, my man, but I think, I think it depends because you said music is personal, right? And I think based off, if we, if we go off that definition, I think what people take from music also differs from person to person. Maybe personal is the wrong word. Maybe I meant to say intimate, because I do feel yeah, like it it's is. intimate well, it as well. it is intimate. But I, I still think what I said still stands, right? I think, whereas you might take, for example, I know you're a man of words and production, so what the person might say might be way more important than the hook. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It might be, oh, what they said on the third verse it was like crazy like what how could he say that whereas i think for most people it's the hook like there's so many like i think it took i think that's why it's no surprise right that it took so many years to realize that drake and future were the same person because <laughs> i think people kind of like because drake has a lot of like you know misogynistic like rhymes right it's very similar to future and obviously future's only he's the only one who's kind of seen as a toxic one but I think it's because of the way Drake says these things. And I think that's the power of music as well, because it's like it's like the 
it's like the medicine that goes down easy. Jimmy, I can say something that's really kind of that's that spoonful of sugar. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like Jimmy, that spoonful of sugar, but it has that necessary medicine. I think you can wrap up something that's quite like, oh what? Like, how could he say that? You can wrap that up in something quite sweet. We even spoke about it with the Little Sims um episode we talked about selfish, where the message of the song is wrapped in this like R and B S song. And I think a lot of artists are like that where they might throw a couple lines here and you're like, What? Like the fuck Jeremy you know I mean? like we pointed it out as well like there's so many like you know you know, your, your guy Big Sean obviously like there's so many lines where it, it will literally just go past you there's no way unless you sit down and intently listen to the song you're not going to hear it because and the thing is artists know this as well like if you think about it's just stick to like rap right for example mm-hmm. when an artist wants you to hear something there'll be like a beat break for example you know that the beat will stop. The words are just saying. That means they. If anything, if anything else misses you in a song, they want you to hear that part, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's the same way. So I think, yeah, okay. If I'm just sitting listening to Lauren Hill, um, in my room, it's very different. If I'm like, okay, no, like, what does this word mean? Or what does she mean when she says this? I think it's a very different experience. And I think most people, especially our age, I don't think they're listening to music to necessarily understand the whole message i think that since it kind of sounds nice i do mm. believe that yeah. I, <laughs> oh, I i agree i think mm. we might be at like different i think we might be slightly misunderstanding each other mm. because i don't think what my point isn't based on the pretext of me listening to music in a different way to joe blogs yeah. down the road like <laughs> yeah. i th- we may listen to music in different ways but mm. the music is still still going to impact you in some way and i think um I don't usually do this. I'm going to refer to another article. You know, we're the Vinyl Collective. We're okay. here. Wow. Um, it's it's actually an article. Um, my girlfriend sent me. Uh, yeah. It's uh, by someone called Roxanne Gay. Um, and there's a quote on it saying, "You know, we can no longer worship at the altar of creative genius while ignoring the price too often paid um, for that genius." And I think it's a thing of like these artists. I'm not going to name names because you know I'm not. I'm not on a high horse. I listen to certain artists and it's something I'm thinking about right now. Mm-hmm. But like when these artists, when artists use their voice for, use their voice that, you know, based on, you know, criminal acts or, um, or kind of like abuse of others. Like R. Kelly's mm-hmm. the one I just can't stop thinking yeah. about. Like it was there in all of the music and people, that, you know, but, either or refused to see it. Mm, and I'm, I'm saying that's the mm, like most explicit example, but I'm yeah. saying also people that don't necessarily show it through their, their art, they're still there in that position and they're still using that voice and that platform to do things behind the scenes. And I don't think it matters whether it's explicit or not in their music or their art, because okay. the person I, that, the person that's on the receiving end of their abuse or their, um, you know, sexual assault, whatever it is, they don't have a voice. And I think that's what was really un- interesting about the article. Like, I, the okay. voice and the voices, right? Okay, let me give you a scenario, right? Let's say you're on the hospital bed, right? Mm-hmm. And you need, like, vital surgery to save your life. And yeah. there's only one doctor to be able to do this, right? And he's, like, the best doctor in, you know, fucking southeast London, right? But he has a sexual assault criminal record, right? That's is, this gonna be, is this going to be the like, can, can God create a stone too heavy for him to lift? You're no, no, me. it's not that. It's just saying like, okay. you wouldn't say he's not one of the best doctors in his field. 
because he sexually assaulted someone. Doesn't mean what he did is fu- isn't fucked up. It is. But does that interfere with his work? Because that's the thing. It says it's his day job. And I think that's the same with music. I think that, I think there's there's a lot of... You're, you're shaking your head, but I think there's a lot of artists that... They, there's a lot of artists that do tie their life with their music and there's a lot of artists that don't. There's a lot of artists that don't. And I think some people, they are just singing or rapping to pay their wage. And what they do in their real life, whether that's NBA, whether that's... You know, people talking about Carla Malone today as well. Like, you know, NBA, whether it's like... Whatever it is, like... These, the people that we're talking about exist among us regardless and not all of them are artists but yet they still have responsibility in the world and you can't say that that responsibility doesn't hold weight and that's the crazy thing yeah but you're again I think go back to my point earlier like mm. you're choosing to consume their art and whether you want to try and separate the art from the artist like they are inextricably linked no I think with R. Kelly what you're saying is I get the R. Kelly thing because I think it's directly linked. I don't mean there's a way you can look at R. Kelly's music without thinking about that. Whereas I can listen to, I don't know, I can listen to Thriller and not think of, oh, I, I don't think of Thriller and think of his allegations against him. I don't. Whereas I can I don't, listen to I don't, mm. yeah, I, I don't know. I guess I just don't agree that, mm. or at least I, I'm trying to move towards acting that out that like, having an artist who doesn't who's abusive but doesn't talk about it that's okay because he's keeping it out of his his art no no i I get no i'm not saying it's okay like because i think in the world we live in now like because streams count towards sales you can choose not to support that person because you know you don't want to put you don't want to put more money in the pocket of someone you don't really believe in or don't really trust i get that but the music is still like the music is still the music, and what if? Because music is a point in time. We've we said this before. Music documents history, so they might have been a completely different person. I mean, Carney's a great example of this, right? Carney, who he was in two thousand and four, is not the same Carney we have today. That doesn't mean all the things he's saying in two thousand and four were obsolete. It's just it's a point in time. Do you know what I mean some albums mm-hmm. are lucky enough to live forever, and you know those are yeah. usually the great ones. But I I get what you're saying, like. I think you could choose not to endorse the artist, but I think the music that they make doesn't necessarily mean it ties in. And I think I think some of them are really good at that. I think some of them are... I think there's some artists are like, what? I can't believe you are like this. Like, what? I can't believe it. Like, it just happens sometimes. It's really weird. It's weird. But I think because we see music as a do- like a journal of our lives when a lot of people don't necessarily take it that way. Mm-hmm. and I think it's probably yeah. more so that way but I go, it's, it's interesting I'm going to I'm give, give one more retort before we go on but go on. Um, yeah I think it's just I know we keep referring back because they're the most explicit example is Michael Jackson and mm-hmm. R. Kelly but I think even just with other artists like if we know about things that they are doing behind the scenes to people mm-hmm. that don't have voices and the person that's doing it does have a voice mm-hmm. in us listening to their music we're whether we like it or not, whether we're doing it, whether we're listening to their music and listening to all the words or just listening to it when we're, you know, benching at the gym or running a 5K for the NHS. Um, <laughs> we we are kind of, we're like, we're condoning their behaviour because we're condoning their, like, their toxic lifestyle in which they can abuse people behind the scenes and these people... No, but are, I think, like, just I think between we're kind of in agreement here because I think what you're saying is you're, you're still endorsing the artist 
if, if you if you have knowledge of what they're doing and you're still listening to their music, you're endorsing them because you're still putting money in their pockets. I get yeah. that. I, I think if you don't believe in what they're doing, you shouldn't do that. I think we both agree there. I'm saying the content of the music that that doesn't affect the content of the music. So, what's a good example? 444, right? Mm-hmm. That's a great example. Jay Z is a known um, cheater. You know, he's you know done some shit in his marriage, whatever. But that doesn't mean the stuff you're saying in that album was wrong. It might have, you might have heard it from someone you don't want to hear it from, but it's, it doesn't mean it's not true. And I think that's the thing. So it's like some people might say something like, "Oh, like you know, for example, like if your mum says something right, and you're like, oh, like you know, maybe you're a bit annoyed, like, oh, you know, you don't want to take it as true, but you know it's true. It's like you just don't like the source it's coming from. I think that's what it is with artists sometimes. Like if they are saying stuff that, oh no, I actually agree with that. Oh, I actually like mm-hmm. that song. But you don't like the person. This is what I'm saying. This is uh, it's a hard. It's really hard to separate the two because, again, like I said, a lot of artists do put their life in their music, and it's really mm. as a consumer, it's hard to tell how much it's being put in their music. So I think if you really don't fuck with what someone's doing in their day to day life, I say just don't endorse them. And, and I think I think that's fair because I think there are some things that are just bigger than music. There's some things that are just bigger than me just wanted to enjoy something right i don't want to enjoy something at the detriment of some someone else do you know what i'm saying yeah. so i think i think i kind of get you on, on on that level i think i'm more mm. talking about what is literally put in the music and it might be genuine content it might be fire it might be stuff that i agree with but if i think oh man like he's if i listen to his music he's gonna get more money he might have more power over people who don't uh, people who don't have a voice and stuff like that and yeah I can't fuck with that I get what you're saying but mm. it's, a, it's mean, an interesting yeah. one isn't it? it's, a, it's, an interesting it's, it's one, hard because sure. I think a lot of people I think probably most people that listen just went through that with with a lot of the people that we've mentioned today like for how sure. do you for sure separate like turning up to a club and they put on ABC <laughs> or they put on like <laughs> you know some yeah. kind of like Michael Jackson banger and you're like hmm yeah, it's it's a tricky one, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, I think it's easier with R&B singers as well because a lot of them have songwriters. So I guess you can even like kind of not trick yourself, but you can at least kind of tell yourself, oh, it's not even their song, is it? Whereas rappers, the whole basis of like hip hop and rap is that you write your own raps. So when you say something, it's like that's really you. Whereas Michael Jackson, mm. he, he ain't writing none of those songs. Not a lot of them. So it's like, you don't have to look at it like, oh, that's Michael Jackson. It's like, oh, it's just a song that you sang. And you, do you know what I mean? So I think it's easier to do that with singers. Much easier to do that with singers than rappers, for sure. Maybe, maybe for <laughs> But anyway, let's, let's move on. I think, yeah. Another, yeah. another thing, I know we're, we're, we talked about that for a while, but one other thing we've mentioned on the podcast, mm. I think people tuning in will remember if they listen to episode mm. two, which was music and mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about a... I think we talked about it in the context of Mac Miller and then we mentioned Weekend on a few episodes. But um, another type of responsibility in the music sense is that that we have towards the artist, right? Mm-hmm. In, uh, in the sense of just like a music consumer. Yeah. Do you think? Wait, so I say that again? Do, do we have a responsibility towards the artist in, the, in what we ask them for in their music? Yes, yeah, yes, yes, yes. I I do think so mm. because 
in the you know the first Arsenal I'm thinking of is Heady One. We should have had yeah. another version of Gang. And fuck everyone who told him that Gang wasn't good because a Gang was excellent and was sick. It and if it was if the fans gave him a better reception, then he would have continued. Yeah. I think he would have also kind of shout out Oro who was on that episode with us and who explained to me. I didn't even know before the actual mm. concept behind the album and behind mm. some of the songs. So yeah, so yeah. yeah, like I think it's a it's a good. So like that's me. I feel like if it wasn't for that, he would have continued down that down that trajectory. I don't. I think Edna still would have happened, but I think he would have played with that sound a bit more. Maybe mm-hmm. it would have been a gang too. Or I don't know. So I think yeah, there's definitely responsibility because artists are human beings. They definitely look at a lot of them. Look at all the things we're saying, and they're like, oh shit, like they like this stuff or they don't like this stuff, and um, yeah, like I think sometimes when because that's the thing because we are. At the end of the day, we are the consumer. So if we say we like this more than another, another mm-hmm. type of sound, there are some artists who have like mad integrity and like, no, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want anyways. And there's other artists where like, oh, this is what you guys want? It's okay, I'm going to do that. Like, yeah, do you know what I mean? And there's some artists like, oh, I'm going to do 22 tracks of this since you guys love it so much. And, you know, there's literally guys who do that. Um, so yeah, okay. I, think that, I think, yeah. <laughs> So I think um, yeah, I think there's definitely responsibility behind that because yeah, they're human beings. They're gonna, do you know what I mean like, ha- like for them, like for example, if you work your job right, your manager's gonna tell you that's how, like your manager's gonna tell you if you're doing a good job or not. That's how you kind mm-hmm. of grade your performance. Like for music artists, that's us. Like if if we like the album, we stream it a lot. We say, oh my god, this is a classic. This is a, it's an instant classic. That that's that's your kind of. That's you know that's your review, isn't it? That's your mid-year review, isn't that? Oh yeah, I did good. So um, yeah, I think I think for sure. Like for example, going back to the mental health thing, if the artist is making depressive music, but it's fucking fantastic, I think you can do both. You can be like, oh, like you can be like, oh, this music's amazing, but at the same time, I hope you find help. Like you can do yeah. that. Like for sure. Yeah. Like there's, there's there's it's not like they're mutually exclusive. Like. I think, and I, I'm definitely a believer of with great suffering comes great art. I think sometimes it is at that point of extreme suffering, like the art just kind of comes out in a really profound form. So, but at the same time, you don't want, just because you like that doesn't mean you want someone to stay there. And I think, I think, I, I don't know how big that pool of people who would like kind of exploit that fan base are. I think I do think a lot of artists, not 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 a massive amount, but a fair amount, of artists do think for themselves. And I think even if fans like something, they're still going to do what they want to do. But I think that's why I think I do think there's responsibility because I do think there are a lot of artists who, even if they do think for themselves, they might not believe yeah. in themselves, and they'd be like, "Oh fuck, yeah. it, I, I want to do this, but the fans are saying this, so fuck it, I'll just do this then." Mm-hmm. And and that's not even yeah. necessarily at a certain point. In- in an artist's career because I think we can often think that you know like artists on their fourth, fifth, sixth album probably aren't going to be like I don't, I don't think Kendrick Lamar is like oh the guys are really asking for this you know gonna, gonna <laughs> give them another not. good kid Mad City because they didn't they didn't like the uh, they didn't like the trumpets and the trombone on <laughs> Butterfly no he's going to do what he wants yeah but then there are also obviously people who are like three, four albums in and that's going to do Q. what the that's a good example for. yeah because mm-hmm. when crash talk happened he was very aware of the response he was yeah. very aware of that response and i think he was like what like so you guys basically want blank face again and it's like well you, well you guys want oxymoron again and it sucks it sucks because these guys 
maybe not individually, but collectively, they kind of determine your paycheck, don't they? So it's like, it, it's a really shit position to be in at the end of the day. It is. It, it's really shit. But it's true. Like, But Kendrick Lamar is someone who he has been given the freedom to do what he wants because even if he doesn't drop another good album after Good Kid Massey, he's always going to make money off that. Yeah. He's never going to go broke again off the album. It's still in the billboard, isn't it? Like, so it's like, I think, do you know what I mean? So it's like, when when you, but that's a very special case though. That's a very, that's a very special case. Like when someone Mm -hmm. has made an album that's just living forever, like Take Care or Good Kid Massey, like they're just on the charts forever and ever. It's like, Okay, I can do. I can experiment because even if this album flops, my previous album is still making money. I can still tour off that previous album, and that's yeah. a crazy. That, that's a really unique position to be in. I think most artists aren't in that position. So, if and if the fans say they don't like something, they usually. I mean, a lot of artists do kind of. Um, I think when artists do experiment, even when they are experimenting, they always add one or two songs that are throwback to their quote-unquote typical sound because I think they're so aware of that core fan base and what they want. It's hard. It's a risk, yeah. but yeah, I think yeah. it is. Yeah. For sure. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. Yeah. I feel like there's, yeah, there's so much more we could, we could talk about on this topic. For but sure. For something sure. that I think with this more than more so than other episodes, we would like really would love to hear what people think about it. Like your, your experiences, sure. even if it's like specific artists as well. Um, mm. We'd love to. We'd love to hear about whether whether you think you can separate art from the artist. Whether you know you want Drake to release a, a protest <laughs> song, or, or whatever, oh, whatever, whatever, whatever. Imagine that! Imagine that! Fucking hell! That would be so funny. Sorry. Continue. Whatever the case Sorry. may be. Yeah, we'd we'd love to we'd love to hear what you guys are, what you guys oh, are thinking. God, um, yes, you can yeah. send your qu- queries to Vinyl Collective Pod at gmail.com. <laughs> Sorry, that was so funny. Yeah, Drake, if yeah, you're listening, yeah. we yeah. would like that for sure. For sure, I think that closes out the episodes, doesn't it? John? That does. Yeah, does so indeed. Yeah. As per usual, we close out episodes with our weekly playlist. So you can find that on Spotify. Um, it's called Now and Then. So we add a song that is more, you know, recent. I mean, and we put in a throwback there. So, you know, good blend of new and old. Um, so what will be your songs of the week, John? Oof. Okay. So my new song, my now song is Antidote by Neo. And okay. Um, okay. adding Kunle Gold. I haven't heard that yet. I'm saving it for now. It's nice. I mean, Neo... You know, she's she's always she bring, bring the vocals. Yeah, she no, miss. great song. She's two for two. Uh, she's two hmm. for two. Okay. My then. then song is "Kick Push" by Lupe Fiasco. Ooh, that's a big throwback. God, huge song. All right, food and now, liquor. Yeah, good classic. Yeah. That's a classic. <laughs> that is a bona fide TV. I've been trying to. A little little vinyl collective exclusive for you guys. I've been yeah. working. Topo knows that I'm a, a playlist fanatic. Big playlist fanatic. Um, yeah. But yeah, I've been trying to work on a playlist. Maybe, maybe we'll release it from the vinyl collective on like storytelling rap songs mm-hmm. of ones okay. that literally just like narrate. See, when you think of that, you're like, you know, um, the storytelling outcast or like Gasco yeah. Kick Push. But yeah, I've been trying to work on it. Cur- okay. Curate a little little storytelling rap playlist okay, I'm, I'm anyway on to you give us give us your new song on to me 
So my first song, obviously, will be Jasmine Sullivan. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. It's not going to be Maybe another week. So just to touch on that, so many people are so butthurt by um, the Jasmine Sullivan things. And I always tell them, you're welcome to come on the show, mate. But they never do. They never, they never do, John, do they? They always just kind of... Our email, our Twitter, our inboxes are open. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I don't think I said anything too harsh, but, you know, I don't give a fuck anyways. Um, so my now song, oh, sorry, my now song, I mean, 2021 has been a bit recent, so I mean, I think I'll add a song from 2020. I mean, you know what it is? I think it's going to be pretty obvious to a lot of people, but Thames, Free Mind, Thames is fucking amazing, bro. Like, you need to listen to her, like, I don't even listen to her before, but she is so, so good. So I'm adding that song. I know that came out later last year, but that's my now song. It's fucking amazing. Um, cool. cool. My... I've been seeing you. You listened to her recently. So good. Yeah, I need like, to check her out. So so good. Um, so, so my then song. You might not expect this, but I'm gonna add "Stop" by Jamelia. I I've been listening to a lot Ooh, of Jamelia recently. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Um, I was a big fan of her when I was a kid, but um, she did an interview with Mo Gidigan that I listened to the other day. I was Mo like, Fuck. Yeah. So I was like, damn, yeah. like. She really is like a, a UK legend. She really is. She might have a classic under her belt, John. Like, she's a, she's a pretty hot eye. So, um, yeah, so I was listening to her a bit recently. And I think, yeah, definitely pay homage, they pay homage to some of yeah. my UK roots, for sure. So, yeah, that's my two. Um, Good ones. Yeah. Yeah, you can find them on our Now and Then playlist on Spotify. We also have a Spotlight Shazam playlist as well. So, Ooh. yeah, during every episode, if we mention songs... You will most likely be able to find those on our spot on our podcast Shazam playlist. Yeah. As well sure. as what's our third playlist? Uh why is our Spotlight third series? Spotlight series. That's right. We mentioned board. it at the beginning. But yeah, three songs. Three thong- three songs every week put on there. And uh yeah. Yeah. Shine um, the spotlight also, on some new artists. Yeah. Also don't forget to follow us on social. So on Instagram it's Final Collective Pod. On Twitter, it's TBC Pod. On Spotify and any other podcasting platform, it's The Vinyl Collective. You can find this episode and find our other 14 episodes on there if you want to do a little bit binge watch. Maybe it's your first time. You know, our followers are growing by the week, John. You know, we're, we're steady, we're steady growing. So, yeah, we're on yeah. YouTube as well. If you, you know, want yeah, to of course, experience it that way. Yeah, of course. And like I said, John is the bad cop. So again, like, if you want to kind of, you know, John John has definitely seen you guys copying our, our style. He's, you know, he's noticed. He's noticed. He's brought them to me. He's brought them to me. I have no me. idea what he's doing. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, if you want to kind of just stay up to date with what we're doing, then, you know, find us also on those socials. Find us there. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. That'd be, that'd be the end. That, that wraps us up. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, that was responsibility. It felt like the right week to do it, didn't it? Yeah, for you know, sure. I mean, the is new, it, is it... new president, end yeah. of a catastrophic era. Yeah, for sure. Donald I mean, Trump. Like, yeah. I think it's crazy because I think now you've got to look like... Because, I mean, obviously we're, go- we're going back and forth. We're having our jousts, but there's always a responsibility on the individual. I think it's, no pun intended, I think it's when that individual becomes part of a collective and what that collective means i think that's mm-hmm. when things get tricky and obviously you seem like there's a responsibility on us to kind of make the decisions that we want to see in the world and i think 
maybe this time for um, America they've kind of done that but I think because I think they only did that now because they've seen the consequences of not doing that and to believe in something I read it it's so scary I've seen this to a friend the other day like the, the scariest thing you can give someone is belief to believe that's the scariest thing like when you have everyone who believes in the same thing that is way scarier than anything else and but the yeah yeah the funny thing is that like didn't more people or a similar amount of people vote for Trump this time as they more, did last time it's just people. the electoral college yeah so you know it's, yes it's, it's nuts they and won the numbers last time too and that's These all just based on a, that's all based on a belief right a belief of I don't make America great again or belief and oh he's gonna do this for us like it's just crazy and I kind of get what you're saying with the artists because if so many people believe in an artist but what that artist says it, it just holds an, an incomprehensible amount of weight yeah it holds a crazy amount of weight so there is there, that's the and with with artists you, they can make a whole group of people at a concert believe in something hmm. and that's just that's just something yeah. you just can't you can't take for granted, really. When you get honestly, millions of people believing that an election was was rigged, yeah. Even though there was there were no facts, all the facts pointed to the opposite. I mean, people still have, believed. So you have a million people thinking her had an album of the year with no album. It's crazy. The <laughs> thing about Toppy is he manages to bring this up every single week. Every and if week, he doesn't I'm bring it up on a podcast. Then you can be guaranteed that if you go to his Twitter feed. Um, I'm not going to drop his Twitter app. He can tell me, but you'll <laughs> find a tweet about her every week. One hundred percent. It's funny. That wraps I us mean, up. <laughs> yeah. That wraps us up. Um, Episode fifteen. Cool. We have sixteen next week. See you next week. Yeah. Peace. Thanks for tuning in.